Welcome to the Forgotten ECE, the show where before and after school educators, summer camp and PD staff and CYWs have a place where they are seen, heard, and valued. I'm your host, Jamie Wagler, and I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the official first episode of The Forgotten ECE. I'm your host, Jamie Wagler. Thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to discuss what exactly before and after school programs are and how to use our knowledge and expertise to advocate for them. The same as any early childhood program offered by a child care center, before and after school or school age programs are essential to families. When faced with this question from skeptics, I'm going to arm you with the knowledge and support you need to <laughs> clap back. Story time. My first program back after graduating teacher's college, I had a parent shocked, like legitimately shocked, to find out that I was a graduate of university, let alone an OCT. Following their shocked initial look and a barely contained mouth drop, I got the oh-so-wonderful, well, when are you going to become a real teacher? As if what I was doing currently was somehow beneath their expectation of what a quote-unquote real teacher should be doing, that I had picked the lesser career, and so there is no possible way that this was what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. Well, that was in 2015, and look at me now. I'm still here and can wholeheartedly say I have not once looked back and thought, oh darn, I should have worked in the traditional school system. If anything, I've actually proven daily that in fact I made the right decision. Comments like this don't upset me. Instead, they provide fuel for my passion because I know we make a difference every single day. So how do you (laughs) clap back at comments like this without saying the obvious You're clearly unintelligent. Okay, let's start with the basics. A lot of families wouldn't be able to work if there was no before and after school programming. Many families work outside traditional school hours, and these programs provide safe and reliable environments for their children. These programs support diverse work schedules and allow caregivers to pursue their careers or other commitments without compromising the care and well-being of their children. Parents couldn't work if we didn't watch their kids. Parents could not work if they weren't enrolled in these programs. Looking at these school-age programs from a deeper lens, the benefits on the children in these programs are plentiful. These programs provide opportunities for children to socialize with their peers in a structured environment. This is done through group activities and interactions with caring adults. That's where children learn important skills such as communication, empathy, conflict resolution, and self-confidence. Looking at the four foundations of how does learning happen, the Ontario pedagogy, these programs foster belonging within their interactions. School-age programs also offer community engagement and serve as hubs bringing families together with schools and local organizations. They promote the collaboration between the schools and the community stakeholders, which... I know, is not always the easiest, but we'll get into that later episodes. We know children learn best through play, and these environments provide a safe and supervised place to do so. In case you didn't know, I'm going to give you a little play-by-play on, well, play. Sit back, relax, and take some notes. According to research published in the Journal of Pediatrics, 
Play positively influences brain development because it helps to build the architecture of the developing brain, especially in areas of cognitive, language, and social skills. Take that, skeptics! In terms of cognitive development, play provides opportunities to engage in a variety of skills. Problem solving, critical thinking, creativity, planning, decision making, and perspective taking. Imaginative play is one of the many types of play that engages children in this skill set building. It should come as no surprise that language development is enhanced because of play. Through role play, conversations, and storytelling, children are able to improve their communication skills, expand their vocabulary, and develop narrative abilities. Had enough yet? Too bad! In these programs, there are set rules and regulations from the ministry around outside time and gross motor activities, and through group games, sports, tree climbing, jungle gym exploration, and rough-and-tumble play, physical activity and motor skill development is promoted. This incorporated physical aspect provides children opportunities to strengthen their muscles, coordination, balance, and spatial awareness. And this is for those in the back. We learn best when what we are taught is enjoyable. Did you hear that? We learn best when what we taught is enjoyable. Through play-based activities, children are more likely to be motivated, curious, and actively involved in the learning process. This leads into children picking what they want to learn about, choosing what activities to engage in, and what games to play. Our bodies are not designed to sit still, look pretty, and nod obediently. We're in 2024, people. Why hasn't this outlook or expectation been changed yet? Children are forced to sit in their desks all day, with the exception of two 20-minute recesses. What? Out of a nearly seven-hour day, how is this still okay after all we know about child development? Oh, sorry. Forgot gym class. That obviously makes up for it all. While we're on the topic, what are the risks of desk work all day? I can tell you. Obesity, muscle weakness, poor posture, reduced concentration, low memory, restlessness, and hyperactivity. There's a shocker. Hyperactivity is connected to sitting in a desk all day. Also, digital eye strain. And to really put the cherry on top, a possible vitamin D deficiency, because why not? You're stuck inside all day with those atrocious lights beaming down on your head. Did you know those lights have a buzz sound? It's literally the most obnoxious thing. Obviously, there should be a balance. And this episode is not why school is a problem. That could be a whole show on its own. These are just reasons why school age programs are better equipped for children and why our jobs as educators within these programs should not have to be advocated for, but instead understood, appreciated, and dare I say, thanked. Now you have the facts. What's next? Obviously, you could just sit here in satisfaction knowing you're right and they're wrong, but what's it gonna change? It's time to advocate. That is what this whole sector needs. Advocacy. Advocacy for school-age programs to be seen as important, to be respected, for the educators running these programs to get credit, to be provided with better hours, a decent wage, and to not be brushed off in professional development. Is that really so much to ask? What's your first step? 
Define your cause. What do we want? Respected educators. When do we want it? Now. Step two, educate yourself. Check, check. Please see minutes one through seven of this podcast episode. It would be a really good time for you to subscribe right now. Step three, know your audience. Who's our audience? Families, other educators, supervisors, directors, policymakers, dun, 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 the world. Then start building networks. Before and after school educators deserve a community with like-minded individuals, a community to support one another, help with program problems, and in general, individuals that understand one another. That is why I'm here. Let's build that community together. We are stronger together. We are better together. Our passion is what drives us. Collectively, we can make a difference, but it has to start somewhere. Let's start here. Every other Sunday, the Forgotten ECE. To recap, kill them with kindness and knowledge. All those skeptics and individuals questioning the importance of before and after school programming or the incredible educators such as yourself running them. Don't be afraid to clap back and stand up for yourself and the program. Don't be rude as much as you may want to. Be factual, be honest, or send them my way because I love a good argument or debate. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. I appreciate your support and value, all your questions, comments, and engagements. Speaking of questions and comments, I have had a lot since the pilot episode and have decided to do a question segment at the end of every episode where I will answer your questions or share your comment. Michelle C. will start us off with her comment. I quote, when I first started as an ECE, I was an SAC educator making $12 an hour. I absolutely loved the experience, but obviously it wasn't a viable career at the time. I have dabbled in and out of SAC programs over the years, and what really strikes me is just how much of an afterthought the programs are to administrators. They were seen as a moneymaker for the longest time, where very little money went into them, but profit was made by how many heads you could squeeze into a program. It's really a shame because these programs are so unique and needed from the healthy growth and well-being of children. First of all, thank you so much, Michelle, for the comment. But Michelle makes a great point. Terribly sad, but excellent point. These programs are seen as moneymakers. It hasn't changed because the ratios are so high. One to 13 kindergartens or one to 15 school agers. That's one educator, 13 kindergarten kids. One educator, 15 school age kids. It becomes a game, a literal game of how many can you squeeze into one room. Now, made even worse with the Seawelk initiative, not covering six and older. For those of you who don't know, the Seawelk initiative is the $10 a day here in Canada. And this initiative does not cover children six and older. So fees are skyrocketing because centers have to make up their money somewhere. It's not benefiting anyone. And really, the children are going to suffer being pulled out of licensed child care centers, and honestly, put wherever is affordable, plopped in front of a good old iPad babysitter, because let's face it, in today's economy, groceries are hard enough to afford, let alone high quality care. What's your thoughts on this? I want to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to make it perfectly clear that learning does not stop when children turn six. And together we can build a community that values that. Thank you.
Thank you. Amazing listeners for your support. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at MissJamie underscore R-E-C-E. Give a star rating and leave a review. Have something you want to hear about in relation to before and after school programs or full day summer camp? DM me or comment. Again, thank you so much and happy learning. Happy learning.